Well, brethren, please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 3. Yes, amen. The third psalm. This psalm has been a great comfort to me over the years. Um, I've grown up singing it and reading it, and I look forward to doing both with you all in just a few amen. minutes. Psalm 3. Before I get started with the actual psalm itself, I do want to point out that the subscript of the psalm states, it's a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Now, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not entirely certain if subscripts in psalms are inspired, but perhaps whether or not okay, they're not, okay, well then there we go. Um, inspired or not, it'll perhaps give us a setting or a correct setting to the psalm. David had quite a few enemies in his life that he was scared of. Think of Saul, Doeg the Edomite, the Philistines, and then ultimately his son Absalom. He was definitely qualified to write some of the things that we're going to read in this psalm. Amen. So as far as sections, this psalm can be split up into four. The first two verses are where David described his trials brought on by others. For, by, brought on by others. Verses 3 through 5, in spite of the first two verses, David turns to the Lord for help and describes the Lord's past deliverances of him. Verse 6 is David's commitment based on the first three through five, to trust the Lord no matter what. And verses seven and eight are a prayer for the Lord to continue delivering him. So, brethren, if you will, follow along as I read the third psalm. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Well, let's get started with this psalm, brethren. The first word, Lord. Who else should we or can we trust? Let me read to you a couple of verses. Psalm 910 says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. He will not leave us, brethren. Psalm 44, 6 through 8 says, I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. May we do that, brethren. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. We need to trust him, brethren. The rest of of 1 and 2 say, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. I can't get through these verses, but thinking about our Lord Jesus Christ while he was on the cross. He had the Roman government and the Jews all conspiring against him to kill this perfect man. And he did that for you and me. Amen. Let me read to you a couple of verses from Psalm 22. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. 
Verse 12, many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. This is a messianic prophecy in the book of Psalms talking about our Lord Jesus Christ while he's on the cross. You can hear in verse 8 how they're mocking him while he's on the cross, naked, having been beaten, and had a thorn of crowns beaten to his head with a rod. You may encounter similar language and treatment from scorners, whether they're inside or outside your family, friends, when you make declarations about what you believe. When you make strong convictions, you may encounter similar language. I have this sober warning from Matthew 10.36. A man's foes will be they of his own household. That's The Lord makes the, the, that decision. But I do have comfort for you. Verse 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. The most powerful being in existence can be our shield. He protects us. Do we realize that? Think about it. The most powerful being in existence wants to be your shield. If we will, and he will do that, if we will just fulfill simple conditions, he will protect you. We just have to obey his commandments. Amen. Matthew 11.30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Amazing. He will protect us from dangers seen and unseen. Yes. This same awesome being is your glory and the lifter up of your head, as it says. Yes. He gives us grace to get through trials that come our way. I'm reminded of a song that we sing called God's Promise. I know it's a favorite of some of you. It says things like, God has not promised skies always blue, flower-strewn pathways all our lives through, but it does say that he gives us strength and grace to get through the trials. I wish I, don't, I only have 10 minutes or I would read you the song. It's a great song. We don't have anything to get dismayed or discouraged about. The Lord is too good to us. He sends us encouragement, though, when we go through tough times. Verse 4, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. Our Lord answers prayer. We've already been exhorted to pray and fast more for important matters. May we do that. He hears us. He will answer. Call on him. He loves it when we bring requests to him with thanksgiving. It's a form of worship. He asks for it. Verse 5, I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. David was so confident in the Lord's protection that he was able to go to sleep and put his trust in the Lord. There are things that are out of our control, brethren. When you go to sleep, though, you are at a total loss of control. For six to eight hours every night, there are plenty of things that could happen to us, if you think about it. There could be thieves that break in and rob your house. There could be sicknesses, illnesses, diseases. This is how confident we should be. The Lord will protect us, and we will awake and be fine if we trust the Lord. Verse 6, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Because of the promises that the Lord had made, that the Lord has made, and the mighty deliverances of us in the past, we should not be afraid of trials, whatever they be. Think about what David is saying here. Ten thousands of people surrounding you. There wouldn't be any perceivable escape. There are ten thousands of people attacking you from every side. But he put his trust in the Lord. That's how much I want us to trust him, brother. Verse 7 says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Psalm 119, verse 94 says, I am thine. Save me, 
for I have sought thy precepts. Verse 146 says, I cry unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. This is how we should pray, brethren. When we go to seek the Lord, this is how we should pray. But can you honestly say, pray, pray these verses? I want to read to you a couple of verses from 1 John 1, 9, or 1, 1 John 1. Verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. We know these verses, brethren, but how? if you think about it, how can we walk in the light and yet have verse 8 still apply? Where it says, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We have to repent yes. and then correct anything in our lives that is sinful. Yes. Do you believe that he is able to save you? Do you believe he's willing? Live for him and he will be. Yes. Verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. While the context here dictates that the salvation listed here is salvation from trouble, we can certainly apply that to our eternal salvation. The Lord is the one that does the saving in both cases. And he only does that, he only does either for both, for his chosen people. He doesn't do that to everyone. The last, the last word of the eighth verse is Selah. Stop and consider. Yes. Are you living like one of his? Oh, Lord, yes. Do you trust him? Mm-hmm. Lord, help us. Oh, yes. Yes. Amen. Now, I told you that we were going to sing this. Um, there are, there's a tune that we know from this, ver- from this psalm. Um, some of you may know. The first two verses of the first verse. The fourth and fifth verse is the second verse. And then the sixth verse repeated is the third verse. So there's three verses. And if you'll follow along, let's sing it.
you, brother.